Jamir Wilson. I'm co-hosted by my good brother, Zach Wright, and we're back here again with another episode of Game Time. On this episode, it's going to be called Let the Games Begin. We are in the first round of the playoffs. The first set of games have been played, so round one is fully underway, and the play-in has concluded. And to get right into that, uh, Zach, what were your takeaways and thoughts from the first round, or not the first round, the play-in? What's going on, Jameer? I guess takeaways, early quick takeaway. I'm a little upset Paul George was ruled out because of COVID. Unfortunate. Definitely uh, would have liked to see the Clippers have a full shot, or as full as we can expect. You know, Kawhi didn't play at all this year. So that was my immediate one sad point, I guess. Or disappointment. I like. I'm. I feel bad for the Cavs as well. They had a great year, but injuries just dropped them to the seven seed, and they just could not hold on long enough to survive a Trey Young onslaught. So yeah, that's a little depressing. <laughs> I'd really want to see them in the playoffs. I just think they're a fun team to watch. But you know, for the most part, though, kind of, uh, you know, the Brooklyn Nets, as we expected, were definitely going to get the seven seed. Spurs, as we expected, were going home. And I will say that Minnesota Clippers game was very, very fun. I had a lot of fun watching that game. It was like hack central. The game lasted like three and a half hours, but it was fun to watch. And Carl Anthony Towns needs to buy uh, D'Angelo Russell and Anthony Edwards uh, some Rolexes or something because he shit the bed <laughs> real bad, but they carried him to victory. And just like, I don't know, I just really enjoyed that. I personally was a fan of the Timberwolves celebrating like they won the chip. I don't see anything wrong with people being happy about achieving something, especially because Minnesota like never makes the playoffs. So I don't know. People just don't like seeing other people be happy about subjectively middle school comp- accomplishments. And it's like, whatever, who cares? Because, you know, for all intents and purposes, they're probably going to go home. So <laughs> let them have their fun. I mean, that I'm not even going to touch on the Hawks Hornets game. That was just kind of, I turned that off after a while. It just served, served no one any purpose at a certain point to watch. But, yeah, that's kind of my immediate reactions. How about you? We are the champions. You are the loser. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> that needed that, bro. He needed that one bad for his ego. Oh, my God. That was so hilarious. Like, I, I personally, I... I didn't see anything wrong with it either. And I thought it was absolutely hilarious. Like the reaction that people, you know, like LeBron was laughing, uh, Charles Barkley talking about, yeah, the season's over. We about to go on vacation. The, the, the Timberwolves already won a chip. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, that was absolutely jokes, but all jokes aside, uh, the Clippers, the Clippers to me, I, I like, I, I 100% agree. I felt like, uh, number one, like that game was great, you know, with, without Paul George. And, I mean, if Paul George is playing, they probably get put away. Mm-hmm. They probably get put away in the second half. And then the, the Clippers, I think a Clippers and Pelicans series, a Clippers and, not Pelicans series, a Clippers and Sun series is a lot more compelling than what this Clippers and well, Pelican, it's going to be a lot more compelling than what the Pelicans and Suns are about to produce, because I think that 
the Clippers have experience and they they would have had enough a star power to at least make it somewhat interesting, I guess. And to maybe buy a game or two. I mean, that kind of speaks to a little bit into my prediction, which we'll get into in, in, in a few. But uh, the Pelicans, I just don't think that they match up well with the, the Suns by any means. So, and I mean, and, and, and big props to Willie Green. Like, I, you know, I don't want to take anything away from the Pelicans, but at the same time, I just would have liked to see Paul George play that game. Like, it just, it just felt so... It's it, what's the word I'm looking for? Like unsanctimonious is, is the term. Uns, unceremonious. Unceremonious. Yes. Uh, it, it felt it. It felt like they don't have any coach. Like it felt such a, a odd into a season. Like it just they fought all season to get here, and like I mean with the Cavs, I'm not as I don't feel as bad. I mean you know tough luck things happen. The 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 East was a tough conference this year and they got beat by a better team or should I say a better player and Trey young who absolutely went berserk in the second half of that game. So, but like, and they had, they had their full roster. I mean, they may not have been healthy, but neither were the, the Hawks. So, you know, tough luck, but overall, yeah, I'm, I'm sad about that. I'm really, I really am sad about the Clippers not being able to play. But I will say this, though. I do believe that in, in, in terms of losing teams, I think that the Hornets really need to go get a big man and need to go get some defenders or something. I don't know what they need, but they're going to need they need a lot more than what they have there. The the Spurs just need talent. <laughs> They need talent like Pop. Pop, I like. I, I think Pop is carrying a team on his back more than any other coach is in terms of the talent versus the production. Like he coached them into that play-in situation, and he coached them into a situation where they could even compete in that game. Mm-hmm. So he just needs talent. And the Clips, I really hope that Kawhi is ready to go next year because I think the Clippers, with Norman Powell, Morris, Reggie Jackson, the rest of that crew could be really strong next year. And I don't I don't foresee them being a team that has to fight for a playing spot, especially if Kawhi Leonard and Paul George are healthy for at least the majority of the year next year. All right. Yeah, but um, with with all that being said, let's jump into the first round of the playoffs. The the real the, the nitty gritty here, the the business here. So we are jumping into which conference first? Let's just start with the East because both we at this point we both know there's a certain game we want to talk about. Okay, 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 okay. So, all right, let's get into it. So. The first round matchup, so ultimately the Hawks beating the Cavs for the eighth place spot, meaning the Hawks will take on the Heat. And they just played their first game yesterday on Easter. And the Heat absolutely shut down the Hawks and everything they tried to do. Mm-hmm. 
doesn't look good. <laughs> it does not look good at all. But what are you? Th- what are your thoughts on that series? I guess I should put in a quick uh, disclaimer for the listeners. Jimmy and I vow to not have the first games change our original predictions. But with that being said, the first game of the Heat Hawks series validates my prediction of uh, Heat in five. I'm giving the Hawks one game simply because Trey Young is just, he can go berserk and just win a game. But in my heart of hearts, I feel like it'll be a sweep because uh, the Heat are pretty long, a pretty long team. And Trey Young is a pretty small guy. And the Heat have an elite defense that I think is very hard to just kind of take over and win. Every, you know, in the playoff setting, I just don't think that's necessarily going to happen against that team, especially with a small player. You know, it's like Durant or like a Tatum or Giannis. It's like, you know, what can you do at that point? It's a big, big ass dude who can hit a ton of shots. But or Gian, in Giannis's case, he's just big as shit and just stronger and faster. Yeah, the Hawks just don't they just don't have enough, even at full strength. They just don't have enough. They're just especially with a year like this year where they're just kind of crawling into the playoffs. Easily the biggest disappointment, or hmm, them or the Knicks are probably the biggest, the most disappoint, biggest disappointments in the East. But I mean, Brooklyn, they're seven seed, but they're still made. It's like they, they had a lot of injuries. There's a lot of things you can point to as to why. But the Hawks, for the most part, they just kind of sucked. Of course, they had their injuries too. But they just kind of sucked this year. They're just very mid. They just don't have enough talent. I really don't know what else to say about it. It's like no point in getting into the X's and O's of the series. It's like they're just not good enough. Argument here. Uh, I, I I agree wholeheartedly. And and I would have spotted the Hawks maybe an additional game if I knew that they were going to be 100% healthy. But it's just mm-hmm. like, no, like I, I picked the Hawks in five as well. Well, not the Hawks, the Heat in five. And yeah, yesterday pretty much validates everything there. The, the Heat have – a great multiplicity of defenders that they can throw at Trey Young. And there's not much that he can really do. All right. They don't have enough shot creators. Huh? They don't have enough shot creators. Like, no. You need shot creators against a team like the Heat. Like, a bunch of standstill dudes can't do anything against a defense that's stout. Nope. Nope. They're just going to, because the thing is, the Heat is just going to sit on all those, those shooters mm-hmm. and they're going to play. They're going to play Trey Young hard, physical, in his face. They're going to switch everything. And it's pretty much a wrap, especially with Clint not being there. I mean, and John Collins played, but don't mean much. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I got the Heat in five just because I think Trey Young will buy them one in a, in a very close one in Atlanta. But I could see it being a sweep as well. So, we'll see. But uh, the – the series that I think we really want to talk about would be Boston and Brooklyn. That series is going to be very interesting. And that's one of the series that people have really been anticipating, maybe the most anticipated one of the first round. So what what are your thoughts there? I'll start my prediction. Boston and six. I know my Twitter's name, Twitter name is season five, but as a, you know, I have to I have to be a over exaggerate for Twitter, but in real in reality, I think it's Boston and six. I was gonna talk about this with Jay yesterday because we all seen the game. We all seen that uh, they they Kyrie did some boo boo bum shit and like tried to be a superhero and cost him. That's the, the a quality shot, and then 
you know, uh, Brown passes smart, who's smart, faked the double team, drove down, uh, got it to Tatum with a spin move on Kyrie and one for the win. But basically what that play showed was that play showed why I believe Boston's going to win. Because while the Nets do have, we're talking about duos and top talent, the Nets do have, you know, two of the four best players. You could argue they have the top two if you're some people, but I just think Tatum's better than Kyrie overall as a player. There's two sides of the ball. But that's just my opinion. But besides that, in the last possession, the Nets had two guys touch the ball, and you don't want anyone else on the Nets touching the ball in that, in that possession anyway. But for Boston, last possession, everybody touched the ball. Horford got the board. He passed it to Derek White. Derek White seen Jalen Brown could get advantage. Jalen Brown drove. Jalen Brown seen he was double. He made the pass to Smart, who was wide. Smart um, pump fake, like I said, seen the double team and passed it to Tatum. The whole team touched the ball. The Celtics are a better team. The Nets have, like, two of the four best players, and Boston has, like, the next best, like, three or four guys after that. And I just think – you know, the better team wins. Like We've seen time and time again, like LeBron lost to the Warriors three times because LeBron was the best player. But, like, the best player doesn't always win. You need a good team. And the Nets are an okay team aside from two guys. Actually, they're a bad team aside from two guys. Like, if you put, if you put, that, that, if you put that, that lineup out, excuse me, without Kyrie and KD, the Nets are – pretty terrible and it's just schematically they're terrible they're, they're sch- the schematics are basic it's just yeah we have Kyrie and KD so they're just gonna score hella points and everyone else kind of fills in and we're gonna win which would work in most years but it's not working this year because of you know all the things going on with them but yeah I just think Boston is a better team overall that defense we've seen is really problematic for the the most elite talents in the NBA and like I said, aside from those two, everyone else is kind of just kind of fill it in, and they just can't. There's a lot of players on that struggle to score, and even though Nick Claxton, for example, he's like not much of a score. He had a good game, but you know he can't hit his free throws. There's certain flaws that just aren't that are just going to cost them the game in a very close series. And yeah, I think it's really just a matter of Boston's better team. They're better schematically, and yeah, that's it really. Just comes down to who, who who executes at the end, and Brooklyn needs two guys to execute versus Boston. You can re- you can rely on the whole team to execute, and I just think that's more conducive to success. I I pick Brooklyn in six. <laughs> <laughs> I pick Brooklyn in six because <laughs> I believe that number one. I just I just felt like without Robert Williams, at least for for a period of time, and I know he might be coming back, but I figured one, that would be an issue. Two, two, I think that Kyrie and KD would overpower Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, although they do have the better complementary players. But I think that the Nets do have a decent set of complimentary players. Like Seth Curry is a good complimentary piece. Uh, Andre Drummond is a good piece. Bruce Brown is coming into his own as a playmaker. Uh, he's hit. He's hitting. Op- he's hitting the open shots. He's a good defender. Uh, and you and like Patty Mills is a knockdown shooter. Goran Dragic is a knockdown shooter. And Claxton hustles and fights. 
So I feel like they had they have the talent to do it. And I'm I I like my concerns, at least if I'm picking them as a betting man, which I don't really care if the I don't really care who wins this series and like in the grand scheme of things, because either way, a good team is going home. But for my Sixers, then the Celtics are definitely what you said. They're definitely a better schematic team. Uh, They have more continuity. They have much more continuity, which is obvious. Uh, And in that last play, it was obvious because I feel like if the roles were reversed and Brooklyn was coming down for a bucket, uh, Kyrie or KD was are, are pulling the shot first look and not giving up the ball for an easy look for that to happen. So that would concern me. But what I will say about yesterday is it took for KD to not have a great game uh, to win that one. And I mean, Kate, Kyrie made up for it with pretty much a masterpiece. He was he was he was uh he was destroying y'all. It's gonna be a very tough series for both teams, but I, I picked ball. I, I picked Brooklyn because I feel like the talent would win out. And also, I seen I saw KD and Kyrie a year ago about to destroy last year's champions by themselves without James Harden before Kyrie goes down and then it's KD and KD almost beat. Like KD basically was by himself and he almost beat the world champs last year with no help. So now he's got a he's got a Seth Curry, a Drummond, and, and all the guys I mentioned. And I, I feel like it could be enough. So we'll we'll see though. We'll definitely see. I think it'll be a very interesting series. Yeah. Uh, I just feel like Brooklyn, they basically been playing their playoff rotation in playoff minutes for the last last month. Mm-hmm. Like KD and Kyrie, or KD and less less so Kyrie, due to him, you know, not being eligible to play every game for a little bit. But like they've been playing a lot of minutes. That wear and tear, they've they've had to work really hard to get that seven seed. And Boston's been kind of on cruise on you know cruise control for the last two two or three weeks. And that that matters, especially when the series starts going to seven, because we've seen how physical game one got. And like you said, this is not going to be this. This is a a tough series. It's going to be a close series. Every game is going to get tough, especially if like let's say Boston wins this game two. Game three is going to be a a dogfight, especially in Brooklyn at home. They're going to do everything in their power to win. And I just think the long lasting fatigue of you know going hard for certain for X amount of time. Is just can, can catch up to Brooklyn, and that's just a, you know that's that's just another another factor to consider in whether or not they can pull up pull off and you know I know it's a two seven seed different upset, but you know realistically they have Katie and Kyrie like you can like I'm not saying here I I I would not be shocked if the Nets won the series because they do have an insane top two, but it takes more than two guys from the championship and. and their do their players just are defensively they just don't stack up at all. Like they're playing Kyrie, Drogic, and like Seth Curry. I'm like, okay. So Jalen Brown's def- Jalen Brown or Tatum are definitely going to eat. Like that's a guarantee. You put that line about there, Grant Williams might give you a little some some. You know what I mean? Like it's just they don't have enough on the opposite end. Offensively, they're they're an absolute monster, but defensively, they just don't have enough. They're asking KD to go out there and get them 35 points and then be the best defensive player for 16 games. Or I guess we'll just stick with this series for seven games. 
against a team that you seen the defense they're playing against him. Like it wasn't, he didn't have a bad game because he was off. They made KD struggle. And they're just, that's just asking a lot. Like you say, Kyrie had to have a masterclass game, but masterclass games don't happen back to back to back to back usually. So I don't know. I just think the cards are honestly just stacked against Brooklyn. Boston is just not a great matchup for them schematically. And uh, matchup wise, just Boston's just a bigger, a length, I'll say a lengthier team. And that's something Brooklyn will struggle against given that, you know, most of their viable players are like, six three or shorter so yeah i just don't think i think it's more so boss is just not gonna match up then brooklyn's just not ready because if they're, they're playing other teams i know i might feel differently but that's just that's just where i'm at right now okay well i think we both i think i think we'll agree to disagree on this one and see how it works out right the next series we'll talk about is probably i, I would say hmm would you say that this series is probably the least anticipated of the East? Um, I will say, I guess, I'd say the least anticipated is like that Hawks heat. But I think this is like the one series where it's like, it was like two good, two good teams, quote unquote. But the other team is just like, the, the Bucks are just the biggest mismatch that the Bulls could possibly have drawn. Oh hell! Yeah. That's the one team the Bulls didn't want, and that's exactly who they got. I think I think the Sixers would have given them hell too, though. Yeah, definitely. But just like the Bucks are just long, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I think the Bulls are the Bulls are not like they're they play throws in the four lock. They just don't have fours, mm-hmm. and the Bucks have like the best four. <laughs> and mm-hmm. then Middleton's not small. Drew Holiday's not not small. Brook Lopez mm-hmm. is a three point shooting big. I mean, and be it is too, but they got Wesley Matthews yeah. back in the lineup, the OG. They have a lot of answers. The Bulls have a lot, the Bucks have a lot of answers for the Bulls. Yeah. Can throw them and the Bucks. And the Bulls have no answers for the Bucks. Mm-hmm. Like not a one. Mm-hmm. And with that being said, though, the first game was very interesting. It was a tough, hard fought game to open the series. Mm-hmm. The Bucks at first came in. And, they, and it looked like they might have run away with the game. But then the Bucks just flipped the switch, got more physical, made some adjustments, and were competing in a very tough, tight, and physical game. So mm, I, I ultimately, in the long run, don't think that this series will go too long. I, I have the I have the Bucks in five. Agreed. So, and that one, that one being that I feel like DeMar could get them one in Chicago on a late game shot of some sort, but otherwise I do not see this going past five games. Right. For for all the reasons that you mentioned. I'm sorry. Uh, The first game, like, you know, yesterday's game, DeRozan six for 25, Vucevic nine for 27, Levine six for 19. That's going to be the rest of the series. They just don't like DeRozan. He, you know he's a, a maestro in the mid range, this and that. But if they decide to put Giannis on him, over it's like I don't care how great you're in mid range. You're not shooting over Giannis and having an effective night. Levine again, also being bothered by long defenders like Middleton. 
is you know he's bigger than Levine. So that's just another player. And Vucevic, he he did, he had a great game, twenty four and seventeen. But like, you know, once he gets in that paint, he's just seeing a lot of long defenders. It's just I wish they had Lonzo. I don't know if Lonzo wouldn't flip the series, but he definitely makes the Bulls better, way better. Yeah, the Bulls just one of those teams where they started off really great and then health kind of just took its toll. And now they're just, they are kind of like, they definitely stabilized a bit. Um, I'll just be interested to see what happens after the series because I just don't, there's no way. They're going home in five. But like, they'd just it'd be interesting to see like what they do to count, you know, to counteract their weaknesses against a team like the Bucks. Because if you can't beat the Bucks, you can't win a championship. Like you need to be able to beat the Bucks. Not saying that like, you'll run into them every year for the next five to five to ten years, but like you have to expect that you will at some point. So they don't have the answers for that, or for any like you said, like the Sixers would give them hell too. Any team with, a, with a, a bigger, longer player is just giving them hell, and that's literally what runs the East right now. So, yeah, I don't know. I feel sorry for them. This would be a great matchup in two K though. <laughs> but in real life, it's just kind of done up. I don't know about that either. I feel like Giannis is going to drop 55. Right, but you know Zach Levine <laughs> just be flying to the air in 2K. Okay? Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, boy. I feel like, yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I again, I agree. I, I don't see this series going on. I do think that Lonzo would have added a game. Like, I would have picked the Bucks yeah. in six because yeah. – it hurts them in a sense that they really have to like Zach Levine and DeMar DeRosa and Vucevic for that matter can all create their own shot, but to have someone who can actually orchestrate that and also be one of their best perimeter defenders and shoot at about 40% or above 40%. It's uh, it's to lose. That is, is, is a lot. It hurts. So, yeah, Lonzo, Lonzo will definitely be helpful for them when he comes back, but it, it sucks that he's gone. Right. And so for my Philadelphia 76ers, another matchup that has been highly anticipated playing the Toronto Raptors, the 4-5 matchup, I predicted that the Sixers would win this in six. After seeing their performance in game one, I kind of feel like I let the I let the hype of the Toronto Raptors speak a little too much to me because you already know how I am about Pascal Siakam. I'm never big on them, even though they've played well this year, but it doesn't matter. I don't at the end of the day. No matter what, the Sixers are going to win because of the fact that Joel Embiid is the best player in the series. And we have, we have, I would say, at least four of the top seven players in the series. We got, we might have four of, hmm, we've got, we've got four of the top six players in the series, I would say. I would say Joel, James, Tobias, and Tyrese are and the only two players who who fit into the top six for the the Raptors would be Siakam and Van Vliet. Van Vliet, right? 
I feel you. I don't know. I mean, this is like a hot take, but I think it's only, I think it's only a hot take of Scotty Barnes is young, but I feel like some could argue Scotty Barnes is a more ba- valuable basketball player than Tobias Harris right now. But he got hurt, so I guess it doesn't matter at this point. He's out for the next game, unfortunately. It sucks. Actually, they're ironically they're playing right now, and it looks like the Sixers are steamrolling them yet again, which is great for me. <laughs> right. I want them. I I picked them in six, but I hope that they get it done quicker because mm-hmm. that would give them time to rest up for Miami because it looks like they're going to be playing Miami in the second round, and that's going to be interesting. But yeah, I think that yeah, again, Joel and B, like they're a a length like the the Raptors are like a long team, like they're like the Celtics in the fact that they have they are a long team, but they don't have a particularly long player. So they've got a bunch of dudes that are like six eight, six seven, six nine, but they don't have anybody that's seven foot, two hundred something pounds, like mm-hmm. Joel Embiid running around. So right. Joel Embiid is about to eat. He's about to prove why he should be the MVP, and you know the rest of the team is just going to follow. Uh, that's what I, that's just how I feel about it. Plain and simple. I feel you. I I'm having a hard time picking an exact number with this one. So I kind of settled on like so um excuse me, Sixers and in, in six as well. Although I do feel like they're just they're just better. They they are just a better team. Like James Harden and Joel Embiid are miles ahead of the best two on the Raptors. And then like you said, Maxi, Maxi's up there too. Like he's kind of comparable to Van Vliet. I mean, I think Van Vliet's kind of better, better overall player, don't get me wrong, but Maxie's, you know, he's proven he's tough. And if Tobias Harris can do what he did in the first game, at least on a semi-consistent basis, which I know is very hard for him, but if he can do that, if he can be that guy who they need him to be, they're going to handily win this series in five. But I just think the Raptors will steal one game because they're the Raptors. They always, they're always tougher than you expect. Toronto is a very tough, you know, that's a, that's a, that's a tough home crowd. And then you know the the Thibel thing missing a game in Toronto missing Toronto games due to his uh, vaccination status that may or may not swing a game. Well, I do think Thibel is important. I don't think he's. I personally don't think he's that important to the point where like it changes the whole outlook of the series. But you know, it's something to consider. It's one less defender, although he's a complete zero on offense. So in certain games, you're better off with no Thibel, depending on how games go. That's just the nature of being a you know a zero on one end of the floor, but yeah, I don't know. The Sixers just that James Harden and B duo is just too strong for that. What the Raptors have to offer, and like you said, there is no answer for Embiid on that Raptors roster. So I think it's going to end in. I personally would not be shocked if it ends in five, but like you said, six seems like the safe bet because you can't you can't just count out the Raptors and what they've done this year. Absolutely, and the Sixers have been kind of inconsistent lately, so. Yeah. You never know. And then transitioning into the Western Conference pretty smoothly. Uh, the Speaking of matchups where teams are being overpowered, I kind of mentioned it earlier. The Phoenix Suns will be playing the New Orleans Pelicans by virtue of the Pelicans winning a couple of games in the play-in the tournament to get in the playoffs as the AFC. And I believe this is my only sweet prediction. I believe that the Phoenix Suns are far and away a better team 
pretty much at every position. And they're just it's it's just like the only the only position you could even debate is like uh Brandon Ingram and Mikel Bridges. Mm-hmm. And like Mikel Bridges was a defensive player of the year candidate. So it's like it's just gonna be ridiculous. Like and it's also kind of what you said about the Bulls and Buck series. Like the Suns have a multitude of answers for the Pelicans, and the Pelicans have no answers at all for the Suns. And I mean, it's the, the Pelicans have a lot of young talent. Like Larry Nance played well in the play-in. Herbert Jones is a rising star on the defensive end. So is Jose Alvarado. But overall, I just don't see. And also shout out to Willie Green because I think that Willie Green has been doing a great job this year. But I just don't see the the Suns losing a game in this series at all. Right. I would agree. I'd say Suns in three if I could. <laughs> like, this is just like a, what are we doing here series? You know, like we said, like the Sun, the Pelicans kind of just, I wouldn't say they walked into it like they didn't earn it. But also, they got a lucky break. And that's the fact of the matter. Not that they didn't. No, they started to handle business. So, of course, you know, they did what they did they had to do. Not taking anything away from them, but they were 36 and 44. They suck. <laughs> they are a bad team. And they kind of just walked into the playoffs against the best team in the league by a wide margin. So, I just don't really see the point even, you know, I just, the second I see a matchup, I didn't have, to, you don't have to sit there and do X and O's. It's just like, intuitively, it's just, 4-0, the Pelicans just aren't good enough. And that's just the simple fact of the matter. Like, I, we started, I started watching yesterday. And I was like, it just started off with a, it was a thrashing off rip. It's like, okay, let me move on and go do what I got to do because this is not worth my time. Like, I feel like the Suns, the Suns will probably just play regular rotation minutes. I don't, I don't see them necessarily stre- um, stressing out their, you know, their main players. They don't have to. It's nice. The Suns have a very, a very nice path to the conference finals, which I guess we'll get into it as things go on. But yeah, this is a great way to start the playoffs. Yeah, they, they got they got a nice couple rounds lined up for them just sitting there chilling. Right. Speaking of, let's uh, jump into a series that I think will be interesting. <laughs> the Grizzlies and the Timberwolves. What do you think about that series, the 2-7 matchup? I think it's going to be a fun one. Just two young teams going at it, two high-energy teams. I really hope Cat doesn't uh, have another shitty playoff uh, run. I know his playoff history is very short, but the last time he made it into the playoffs, he was not good. And if they want, the Timberwolves want a shot, he needs to show up. But um, I know the Timberwolves won a game already. But regardless of that, I'm still, I still feel like it's going to be Grizzlies in six. I just think the Timberwolves do have like top end talent wise. They they have a they match up pretty well. With the Grizzlies, they they have a player, a couple of players who can just like like we've seen in the play-in, just uh, DeAndre Russell and Anthony Edwards going off. They were able to counteract the fact that Cat had probably his worst game of the entire season. So just like you know that ability to just win a game, they have a couple of guys who can do that for you. But I just think the Grizzlies are just the Grizzlies are just a well-oiled machine. They lost the first game, gave up a lot of points, but I think they'll figure it out. Yeah, um, Dylan Brooks is back too, which definitely helps a lot. And yeah, I'm just I'm just excited to watch these games, but I just think the Grizzlies are just a better team in general. 
Although the, the Timberwolves have an interesting defensive scheme, I just don't think it's going to be enough to beat the Grizzlies. The Grizzlies are just – they're just – They've shown they've been too good this year to just go home in the first round. There's no way. I just don't see it. Would it be wouldn't it be something if Minnesota and Brooklyn both win the two seven matchups? That would be something. Watch uh-huh. your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but the could. This yeah. is their world where where they can win it, but I just don't think. They are. I just don't think they have enough on both ends to win the series. I think the, the Grizzlies are just a better team. That's just all it comes down to to me. The Grizzlies are just better at all the things the Timberwolves are good at. Yeah, I would. I would. I think I, I picked the. I picked the Grizzlies in five. I think they're going to make some adjustments defensively for sure. I picked the Grizz. I picked the the Grizzlies for the fact that I felt like Cat, D'Lo, and Ant Man, like Anthony Edwards would all have to play great every night to win a game against this team because they're just so – they're good defensively. Like, they have a bunch of defensive pieces, and then offensively they've got depth. They're one of the deeper teams in the entire league, and to have their superstar miss 20-plus games and for them to still be the second seed in the Western Conference, it tells you all you need to know that – when John Morant, like when their star player is not on the floor, they do not struggle. They do not falter. They do not decline. It's not a thing of, oh, uh, how are they going to perform with John not on the floor? Or how are the others going to play? I feel like their others lock in and do things that are amazing. They shoot it well. And I just feel like Minnesota, as good as they are, they're pretty top heavy offensively. And I right. feel like, They've got three dudes that can do something offensively. And outside of that three, there's not much there. So I just I just thought that too much weight would fall on Cat, Anthony Edwards, and D'Angelo Russell to try to win this series. And I just didn't think that it would be enough. Right. They have three and a half, I'd say, if you count Malik Beasley, who's just been kind of bad this year. But he's had good years. But he's having a bad year. Mm-hmm. But, like, in the last game, I was looking at the stats real quick while we're on this podcast right now. But in the last <laughs> game, he did have 23 points. And that was a difference maker. I think that's what allowed the Timberwolves to win comfortably. Mm-hmm. But can you count on Malik Beasley to get you 20 again? No. Absolutely no. not. You can't count on it. Yeah. Maybe, maybe like, in a seven-game series, I could pro- I'd probably say he'd probably do it maybe twice if he's on his shit. Absolutely. And, yeah, like you said, though, the Grizzlies are just top to bottom, just a better team. Yeah, I've got the Grizzlies in five, actually. Yeah, I have them in six just because I feel like the Timberwolves, they're just – Cat is just tough. Ant-Man's tough. DeAndre Russell, I think he's tough, but he's just good. Let's be honest. He's just good. Yeah, he's yeah, a very good yeah. guard. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. He could be great, though. I think the Grizzlies need to uh, – they need to stop playing, playing Zaire – they barely played them last game, but they need to shorten their, shorten their rotation a bit. So mm-hmm. they need to get down to nine instead of ten. Right. Like, not everyone can play right now. Right. So I think they just cut Zaire Williams' minutes, at least for this series. I think they'll kind of get it together. Then kind of transitioning into the next matchup, 
Golden State and Denver, the three and six seed. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Ooh, that's going to be fun. I-, I hope it's more fun than what we were given the first game. <laughs> it's kind of a blowout. But I just – I really like Denver. I really want Jokic to win, move on. But I just think the Warriors are probably going to end up winning in six. And I say six only because Jokic had, like, a godly season. He's, all, he's, he's playing, just playing at an insane level right now. I think he'll win two games by himself. He kind of basically won 49 games by himself all regular season. Did you see that stat where it's like with him, they put like a 62 win team without without him, they put like a 17, 17 win team. Like that's that just tells you all you need to know about what's going on there in Denver. And the Warriors just they just have more depth right now. They have more shot makers. We know the Warriors are, we know what they can do at full strength. And I just think, yeah, I just think they're I just think there's overpowering nuggets too much beyond Jokic, of course. So with that with that said, I think Warriors in six. Although I'm over here, I'm not gonna lie, I'm definitely rooting for the Nuggets. I just like watching Jokic succeed. <laughs> I like Jokic too. I really do. And I'm kinda I'm kinda sad that he won't advance. I don't think that like the, I I agree. I hope that the seer the, the game the other night is not you know no indicator of what will take place throughout the rest of the series because boy oh boy oh boy that man Jokic looked worn out. He just mm-hmm. he you know they they had him running all over the floor trying to guard that five and. Steph Curry didn't even have to start, and he doesn't have to play a whole lot of minutes to be super-duper effective. And I think the Golden State Warriors not only schematically are just as good, if not better, I think offensively and defensively they're better on both sides in terms of the talent mm-hmm. at every, at pretty much every position except for the center position. Right, pretty much. Which is the sad part, and it's like – yeah, and it's like Jokic can only do but so much. Uh, I picked the I picked Golden State in six, but it's looking like Golden State in five, maybe four. Yeah, it, it, it's they're gonna. I feel like they're just gonna overwhelm that team, like with their shooting and Clay Thompson. You know, Clay Thompson has really he's really starting to pick it up, which is scary. Steph Curry is back uh, and. Jordan Poole is playing out of his mind right now. Great. So to have another, you know, another dude who can get you 20 a night is crazy mm-hmm. on top of what they were already doing. And then defensively, they play very good team basketball. They've got hustlers like Gary Payton. They've got you know, length in guys like Andrew Wiggins. And Draymond Green is, is like a linebacker. He, he, covers, he, he covers so much ground. He helps out, and you know he does. He does Draymond Green things right. for that defense, and it's, it's just perfect. I think that they have pretty much everything. Like you know, the Golden State Warriors, really do not have a specific weakness except for big centers. But if there's no talent to surround that, there's not much of a chance. So, right. yeah, I, I've got Golden State in six. But it's looking – I would not be surprised if it was a sweep where it went five games. 
Right. Just based off that first game. And can I just say real quick, Andre Iguodala is the biggest biggest finesser in the entire NBA right now. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, well. That boy did not play. He basically did not play any regular season games. And suddenly the playoffs start, he just pops up in the rotation, just taking minutes. Just I don't say he's a finesse because he who because he he does his thing. I think the biggest finesse is Udonis Haslam. <laughs> but Haslam still he helps impart that culture. What? This man, you can all say he didn't want to play for Grizzlies, so he just didn't play and somehow got back got back on his team of choice. Well, he's he's a coach making players money. Who Haslam? Yeah. Hey man. He's only like a minimum. Yes, coach is making more than him. I don't, I don't make, you know, I mean, I don't mind that the day. Make your money, do your thing, but he's the biggest finesse. I don't know. I think I'm pretty sure Equidal makes decent bread. So I'm gonna look right now. Oh man, I don't think I don't think he's making all that to call him a finesse because I, I think that I think that he getting and plus to be honest with you. For what he has brought to the Golden State Warriors, I feel like he he's um he's earned it. Yeah, I'm not saying he doesn't like. I'm not saying like he shouldn't be playing, but I just think it's interesting that he's suddenly healthy for the first <laughs> game of the playoffs when he's been hurt or and or not playing all year. Yeah, I feel I you. Yeah, I feel you. But yeah. Um, we can move on though. I just thought that was just, I just think it's just funny because I'm, I'm just watching it like, wait, you got dolls on the court? <laughs> just <laughs> suddenly he just healthy, like no announcement, nothing. He just he just playing. That's all. Awesome. Hey, I mean, yeah, I mean, but he, yeah, he's not. He he's still he's still a contributor. I think I think he's uh, important. Right. I just want a Grizzlies Warrior series so bad. I want to yeah. see those Memphis players go right at him because he disrespected like shit. He did. He definitely did, though. That's not. That's not even a lie. There's no lie there at all. But it is funny because the Warriors, and the Grizzlies, ended up being the better team. Right. Uh, at least, least record wise, record wise, ended up being a better team. Uh, we'll see. The jury is out on that. I mean, we'll see. If 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 uh, if things go the way we think they'll go, we'll, yeah. we'll get to see that firsthand. Yeah. But yeah, we can. Cl- I guess we can close out with Dallas Mavericks and the Utah Jazz. How do you feel about that? This one's the hardest predict, just because the Luca factor is so uh, a Luca variable. We just don't know when he's coming back. But I'm just going to assume he's going to miss the first two games and just come back game three. With that, I'm going to. Uh, this is my. I think this is my one hot take. I'm going Dallas in six. I think they're going to win one without Luca. Because they almost did, but Donovan Mitchell went off. If they could stop that, they're going to win because the Jazz are kind of shit on offense, minus that one man. I guess two. Uh, Bogdan Bogdanovich, or Bojan Bogdan. What's his name? Bojan. Bojan Bogdanovich is a good offensive player. Jordan Clarkson is not a good offensive player, even though he's having all year. He is. He's just a chucker. He's, 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 uh, the only time his, his points mean something is when he's shooting like 60%. Otherwise, it's like okay, whatever. But um, because he's bleeding, he's giving up just so much points on the other end. Yeah, I just think the Dallas Mavericks have a better machine than the Jazz right now. The Jazz are broken as a team. 
it's finally going to happen. They're finally going to break up. I can't wait for it because I'm so tired of this team. I'm so glad no one's talking about them as a championship contender or a contender or anything. They're just here to play. And I'm, I can't wait for them to be done. I just, they're just not, not that I hate the Jazz. I just hate when like teams keep running back to the same flawed thing. They just have to have a good record. They just assume they're going to win. When it's like, no, you're not going to win because you're missing everything, almost everything, almost every, not almost everything, but you're missing like a lot of important aspects of a championship team. You have no defensive wing. You have no defense outside Gobert. You have no wings who can put the ball in the basket. You have no one who can guard wings except for Royce O'Neal, who's also your best defender in general. So he gets to guard your, the best guard too. And it's just like the Jazz are just a mess. And they just, they're not fixing their, they're fixing the wrong problems every year or not, or fixing it in the wrong way. And I just think they're just done. If Luka comes back, if Luka was healthy, I'd say Mavericks in five. But I just think, the Mavericks just—they're schematically just—they're just, they're just not—they're a nightmare matchup for the Jazz. Just tons of threes, a very perimeter. Like we seen it with the Clippers versus Jazz last year. Like just force force them to play a, a strong perimeter game, and uh, we see what happens. And it's not because Rudy Gobert can't guard the perimeter per se; it's because everyone else around him can't guard anything. Mike Conley back in his day, but this is not his day. <laughs> this is a uh, Utah Conley. See, that's my hot take. I think the Jazz are going to lose one without Luka, and I think Luka will, will come back and, you know, finish up, finish up the series. But, yeah, that's my take. I I picked Utah in six only because I feel like it's close. I feel like either way it's close. And while I do agree with some of your points of the fact that Utah is not great and – They've they've brought the same thing to the table for a while. And it's not conducive to winning a championship. I just think they'll get out of this round because Luca's injury at least is spotting the Jazz two free opportunities before they go to Utah. So but here's my thing. Have the Jazz ever been the team known to uh capitalize on their opportunities? Fair point. No. That's, they, fair, they that's, are, uh, that's fair. That's fair. That's a fair point. But, again, like, I just think that the Jazz just have too much. I think the Jazz, I, I just think that they'll overwhelm them overall. And I think, and like, like, just like we saw, it was close. It was close. And then Donovan Mitchell woke up and the, series, the game was over. So, right. As long as the Jazz take care of their business and eat their food, don't play with it before Luca comes back. And then also, you got to think, like, what percentage of Luca are we getting back? And I mean, I know eighty percent, probably eighty percent of Luca is better than anybody on the floor, but it's it's still a question mark. You're right. I, so, I wouldn't be shocked if the Jazz won. I just, I just don't believe in them, and I believe in Luca and what the Mavericks have been doing, especially since uh, you know the calendar flip, twenty twenty two. They've been amazing. Absolutely, absolutely, that makes sense. That's fair. I, I understand that. I respect it. They also have Winwitty, the greatest basketball player of all time. <laughs> <laughs> but that's that's just neither here nor there, you know. 
I like Spencer. I, I think that that was a great acquisition. I think if they had Tim Hardaway and Duke, uh, Luke, yeah. I would pick. I would definitely pick them in five. Yeah, yeah. They haven't had Tim Hardaway for a long time. That's something people forget. Yeah, he's been, he's been pretty good since he's been in Dallas. Yeah, he's been a bucket for real. But hey, we'll see. We'll see what takes place. All right. The word. Um, I guess my lasting remarks for this episode. Marcus Smart won Defensive Player of the Year. That's pretty dope. Been been, been waiting for this moment. Better walk around my Marcus Smart jersey for a week. <laughs> it's like that. <laughs> but it definitely is tough that he won Defensive Player of the Year. Great to see a guard win it. It'll be interesting to see how that changes the narrative in the future. Because, uh, you know, like we all know, uh, since no one's won it since Gary Payton at the guard position. So it'll be interesting to see if the narrative flips and leans more towards perimeter players because Mikhail Bridges was second in voting and then Gobert was third. So that just shows that this year, the voters really, really like, they're really, were leading into the perimeter player narrative and the importance of perimeter defense. So just be, I'm just curious to see if that's just like a one time, like, all right, fine, you got it. Or if it's like going to change how voters vote in the future. But yeah, that's my, uh, that's my last remarks for today's episode. Anything else you want to add? We will hopefully see the real MVP crown soon. That's <laughs> what I have to say. Uh, Jokic? <laughs> oh God, go away. I will say the one thing about Jokic being MVP that will blow me is the fact that, like, he's probably going home in the first round. And the MVP winning, winning – someone winning MVP and then going home round one always just, like, leaves a bad taste in my mouth. But, yeah, we'll uh, end it here. So thanks for tuning to Game Time. My name is Zach Wright, hosted by Jeremy Wilson. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, if you want to keep up with us, you can follow us on Instagram at Game Time underscore Podcast, on Twitter at Game Time underscore ZNJ, and on Facebook at Game Time with ZNJ. Stay up to on further content. We post some memes sometimes. Uh, we ask some basketball-related questions, so you know what's happening. Give us a follow. And you want to listen to more episodes, and this episode, you can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, uh, Anchor, Google Podcasts, all the podcasting, all the podcast places. So, yeah, thanks, everybody. Can't wait to talk more basketball on game time.